This is Chris Barris, and you're listening to Andy Fox on The Rock Show on GTFM. High hopes and empty roads She'll tell you a story that's never been told But hold on to what you know You can cry Hail Mary, but she won't show You can cry Hail Mary, but she won't
Welcome back to hour two of this week's rock show here on GTFM, BCFM, Rock Radio UK and Breeze 97.7. Now then, former mixed martial arts fighter Chris Barras took up his love of music and playing guitar to start his own band in 2015, releasing a debut album a year later. The album The Divine and the Dirty, released in 2018, was hailed as a great success, and Chris went on to tour with Beth Hart, Joanne Schultz, Taylor and Walter Trey, amongst others. Also in 2018, Chris became the new frontman for US supergroup Supersonic Blues Machine, alongside Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top. He was also nominated as Blues Guitarist of the Year by Total Guitar Magazine. Third album, Light It Up, was released in 2019 and charted in the UK chart, followed by a very extensive tour, including dates with Blackstone Cherry. And following the pandemic, Chris wrote and recorded album number four, called Death Valley Paradise, which has now entered the chart at number 27. I recently caught up with Chris on the Zoom, and firstly asked him about not playing live for the last couple of years. That's, that's why I started this band in the first place, you know, was, was just, I wanted to, to play original music to people that wanted to hear it, and, um, you know, not, not being able to get out and play... Um, you know, for a couple of years was, you know, really, really tough. I can imagine, yeah. So you took that time out to write songs for the new album. Um, you've also got a kind of a new band or a diff- a certainly a new rhythm section, haven't you? Yeah, well, I mean, B- Billy, the drummer, joined us in um, the summer of 2019. So he, he was with All us right. for the Light It Up tour, okay. UK and Europe. Um, and then Kelpie joined just before the pandemic, so he was a bit unlucky. He did did one gig with us, like an old, like a weekend thing in Great Yarmouth, and then um, yeah, that was it. <laughs> so he was in the band for like two years and had only done one gig. So, so you were writing these songs during the lockdown, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I started writing pre-pandemic. I, I started writing pretty much as soon as the Light It Up tour ended, kind of like November 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, obviously throughout throughout the pandemic, um, you know, I probably wrote about 30-odd songs and then whittled it down to, to the final 11. I mean, if I had to take any positive out of the um, pandemic, it was that I actually had the time to sit down and write and... And really refine things, you know. Some of the songs got chopped and changed around like five, six times, which sometimes can be detrimental. But in this instance, it was always for the better. And um, you know, if if I carried on my same touring schedule, uh, everything that was planned, I would never really had much time to sit down and write. So mm. looking back, um, yeah, it, it it was beneficial for for the songwriting side of things for sure. And you've collaborated with quite a few uh, people on this album. Uh, Johnny Andrews, Bob Marlette, Blair Daly, who you wrote quite a lot with, I believe, yeah. and, and Zach Malloy. How, how did that come about? Well, you know, with this album, I really want to change things up. I'm not, not one of these guys that ever gets comfortable or, you know, I, I'm always looking to improve and always looking to, you know, just keep growing. Uh, as an artist and and changing things up, you know, I don't want to be keep like, putting out the same thing every every time. 
um you know i want to change things up and, and improve and um yeah one of those ways was to hook up some songwriters and you know it was just a brilliant experience really i mean all the biggest bands in the world write with songwriters you know look look at their credit list that, for those those guys you know it's hailstorm blackstone cherry shinedown alterbridge alice cooper Leonard skinnard you know all these mm-hmm. bands you know so if it's good enough for them it's good enough for me to try it um, you know, I don't have any ego or anything when it comes to stuff like that. And and it was great that, you know, there's such experienced guys that, um, you know, they know how to work with people, they know how to work with artists. They completely got where I was coming from. And, and you know, they don't take over and just like, oh, I've written this, here you go. You know, they take your ideas and then, well, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? You know, and I try and really like massage your ideas and, and just to try and give you some different thought processes. And, you know, it was a brilliant, brilliant experience. And it's something I'll, I'll definitely do again. Not every song on the album uh was a co-write you know there's a few that were, were just me on my own but um yeah it's definitely something i'll, I'll, I'll do again i love the experience you said that you wanted to uh, shake it up a bit this time round, and you've certainly done that it's a lot heavier and a lot darker than anything gone before would you agree yeah definitely um it wasn't a conscious decision i mean each album's gradually got a little bit heavier um i keep saying like in about five six albums time i'm gonna reach my final form of Norwegian black metal, I think, again, <laughs> <laughs> heavier with each album. But, um, yeah, well, I started writing, I said it was pre-pandemic, so it wasn't even influenced by by the pandemic. It's just, you know, I was just writing heavier stuff. And then I kind of took a step back and was like, hold on, maybe this is a bit too much. And I tried to write some more bluesy stuff, and it just felt forced, and it wasn't natural, and just didn't sound as good. So I was like, right. I'm just going to do what I want to do. I took it to the label. I had a bunch of demos recorded. I was like, look, this is the kind of stuff I've been writing. What do you think? And they were super supportive. And then that kind of gave me the free reign then just to, to go to town on it and just do what I wanted to do, um, which which was really good. Um, you know, I've got so many different influences. Like I've been labeled this blues guy just because that's what I did on a couple of the earlier albums. Um, but there's so much more to me as a guitar player, as a musician, and as, as a songwriter and an artist. Like, yeah, yeah. I've been influenced, you know, I've been in metal bands, I've been in rock bands, I've been in jazz bands, I've done instrumental guitar music, I've done, you know, a, a wide range of things in the 30 years that I've been playing guitar. Yeah, you know, I started at the age of five, or 31 years, I forgot I've aged. Um, and yeah, it's, so it's just all, it's all coming out, really. That I 
rockers and blues guys out there doing the whole traditional 12 bar blues thing and you know paying homage to the greats there's a lot of people doing that a lot better than I did like crack on like you know and unfortunately if if you're not within that very very tight little genre yeah the you know the blues diehards the blues police <laughs> uh, as we call them we'll, we'll we'll not like it but yeah I've, I've never been that they would have never liked me anyway even with my earlier stuff it was never traditional blues it's not what yeah. I do you know yeah. I love the yeah. blues I love, I love and it will always be an influence on me but I love rock music just as much I love metal music just as much right? yeah cool okay um, let's talk about the tracks I mean Dead Horses was the first thing we heard I mean catchy as hell um, and heavy as hell it's a great song that one I love that one thank you yeah um i wrote that with uh johnny andrews and um yeah it was it was you know it's kind of like a typical love story gone wrong type song you know it's about you know it was a play on like flogging a dead horse basically yeah i thought so yeah 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 like riding the dead horse um and it's just about a relationship that's run its course and you know you, you keep on just plodding on rather than as you're saying right look we should just draw draw an end to this and and move on with our lives uh these voices i'm loving as well that's a great track and also devil yeah. you know they're great both great i like like them these voices is kind of collectively in the band our, our favorite track that was a song that i actually wrote myself and didn't co-write with anyone on that i, I always refer to it as my christmas song because i wrote it over over the christmas period of 2020 it was i started it on Christmas Eve and I'd finished it early on the 27th and uh, the song of course is nothing to do with Christmas but it's just a period of time that uh, I associate it with yeah um, and yeah it's, you know it's, it's a song that we love playing live and we have a bit of fun with the riffage and uh, yeah it's, it's proven to be a little bit of a fan favourite that one yeah yeah another another fan favourite I think is going to be the new single which is Who Needs Enemies um, that's a, another another cool song um what is it you said in that one? Uh, who needs enemies with friends like you? That's right, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like the main tagline. Has somebody upset you, Chris? Chris. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's the story of betrayal, you know, thinking you, you can trust someone, um, but you can't. I'm pretty sure everyone's had a situation like that throughout their lives. And Wake Me When It's Over, I'm loving that track. Oh, good, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I wrote like 30 songs for this album, approximately 30. Uh, we went down to the final 11, but 28 of them were just like balls to the wall, you know, heavy rock. And so I, we were kind of talking about it, and I was like, right, I need to write something a little bit, a bit slower, just for the dynamics, really, of the album. Uh, and actually, that one started off, it was kind of like an acoustic guitar, and I programmed some strings, like a string arrangement, and it was kind of going to be like that. But then as we jammed it and as things developed, it ended up, you know, taking a bit more of a darker turn. Actually, in the studio, I was playing around with some effects and I came up with, like, this little melody line that actually gets looped throughout the whole song now. It's like a real haunting, repeating melody. Yeah. And um, it made the song, like, really dark. And then we got a bit heavier on the chorus. And, like, so it's the closest to, to a ballad, but it's actually still... Still oh, still rock, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still rock, yeah. And you know, it's obviously about the subject matters about wanting the pandemic and everything to be over. You know, it's pretty clear. Like, wake me up when it's over. Mm. Um, you know, wanting to get back to normal life, getting out, doing what we love to do. Is um, is the song chaos uh, a similar kind of um, subject matter? Because there's a line in that that you say, um, "I found the enemy at every turn. Now here we are." 
Yeah, I mean, chaos is kind of, um, you know, a, a, it's, it's about struggles. It's about mental health struggles. You know, obviously the pandemic is a very, very tough time for, for most people. And, you know, I had some very dark times during the pandemic and, uh, and I don't deal with uncertainty very well. I'm always planning. I'm always working towards the next thing. And, um, you know, not knowing what that was going to be or forever, we'd be able to get back out again, you know, touring. Um it was a, it was a really really tough time and you know I went to dark dark places that I hadn't really experienced in my life before other than you know when I lost my dad but um, so yeah it was it was yeah you know that's kind of the influence of song song like chaos you know just uh, struggling to get your head around things and struggling to stay on a straight line.
said that it's a darker, heavier album. How much is the influence of, of Dan Weller, the producer on this album, um, assisted that? Because obviously he's well known for being in sixth and he's produced Enter Shikari and Baby Metal and Monster Truck and Gallows and bands like that. Was that a conscious idea to get him in to do it? Yeah, we early on decided that we wanted to have like a big modern heavy rock sound that's what we wanted we wanted to have something that's a bit more polished a bit more modern sounding um and we had a few different producers on, on our radar and, and you know I, I had some phone conversations with some absolute like legendary producers um who, who probably would have done a fantastic job too but you know dan i clicked with dan the very first phone conversation we ended up being online for like an hour and a half chatting about things and you know i could just tell we were completely on the same page and he was going to be able to take what i'd done and uh you know elevate it to a whole other level and you know he's done that excuse me he's a fantastic guy to work with supremely talented uh musician in his own right as well and um you know he brought a lot to the table um, yeah, for sure. It's great to work with. You're about to start your biggest tour to date, starting uh, this month in Exeter. 15 dates in total. Uh, I believe lots are already sold out. I'm not sure if they're fully sold out yet. Um, okay. It's all selling well. Um, I, I think a lot of people are probably going to be leaving it to the last minute. Um, but, you know, this is a big tour for us. We've gone gone to much bigger rooms than we've done before. Yeah. Um, you know, example, X to Phoenix, we've sold that out twice before, so this time we're doing two nights. Yeah. You know, bigger yeah. venues like Rock City Main Room, Electric Ballroom in London, and, um, you know, big step up for us and kind of a bit of a bold move, really, coming out of the pandemic. But, um, yeah, hopefully it'll pay off. We're just looking forward to getting out there and playing. You know, doing the support tours is fantastic and opens up to a whole new bunch of fans, but you're always kind of feeling like you're trying to win people over. But with a headline show, people have spent their hard-earned money, come to see you, it's your name on the ticket. And, and it's a different vibe. There's a whole different feeling there, and, and I love that. You know, everyone knows the words, everyone's singing along. I just can't wait for that. And you've got Florence Black um, playing with you. Um, up-and-coming Welsh band. Um, their last album got a lot of rave reviews, Way of the World. I don't know if you're aware of that. Um, yep. And then on some of the gigs, you said you can have local bands to open up. Not all of them, but some of them. Uh, no, so, so, yeah, what you're referring to, the sum part is um, we ran a competition to give local openers a chance on four of the dates. Right. Um, but that actually came around because all of the other dates um the promoters had put on an opening band as well so it's a three band bill but there was four dates that didn't want to have a three band bill they only wanted to have two bands all right so then i i stepped in so i didn't think that was fair um that those cities only got two bands because the ticket price was the same um and you know i didn't want there to be anyone feeling like they were hard done by and then i came up with the idea saying well look why don't we give give some more local bands a chance and you know, run a bit of competition so you get some touch and go from there. I wasn't given any any opportunities when I, I was unsigned. It wasn't until I, I was signed and I started being able to sell tickets in my own right as a headline act that I started getting offered opportunities to support the bigger artists. Of course. Um, and I, ne- I never got any opportunities when I was uh, unsigned. Um, and, I you know, I, I'd really tried hard. I'd get agents and managers telling me that I'd have to pay the band to be able to support and all stupid stuff like that uh, and no one ever gave me a chance and I you know I would have 
I would give my uh, <laughs> left leg to be able to play somewhere like the electric ballroom at an early stage of my career. Um, so, yeah, you know, hopefully people will feel the same that we're given the opportunity to. And uh, have you chosen those bands yet? Because I know, I, I believe it said that you were going to choose them personally. Mm. Yeah, I have chosen. It hasn't been announced yet, so I'm not going to say who it is. I'm not that's, sure okay. Most, uh, no, that's okay. That's okay. It's going out. But, fair enough. But yeah. yeah, I have chosen. I've tried to go for a mixed mixed bag. Uh, I've tried to mix it up a little bit, all within the rock genre, but kind of like vary the styles and, and not just go for one thing. And um, looking at how people present themselves to uh, with the application, which is important. Yeah, yeah. So those dates are are the Bristol one, Manchester, Newcastle, and the London gig as well. That's right, yeah. Well, then after the tour, I guess you're uh, plugged into a few festivals, although maybe, again, you won't be able to announce them as yet. I don't know. And um, I would expect more touring for you, because I know you love it, going on the road. Yeah, I mean, the thing that's holding us up kind of at the moment is we've kind of got to wait to see what's happening with, with the rest of Europe. Yeah. Um, it's, it's impossible to be able to tour there at the moment, because every country's got different rules and restrictions and... You know, hopefully if they you know things go well and they start opening up a bit more and then we can look at doing some stuff stuff over there but at, at the moment everything's kind of still a little bit on hold uh obviously we've got this headline tour we're doing some stuff uh we've got uh we're opening up for thunder at wembley arena at the end yeah. of may so yeah, that's nice. going to be pretty good we're doing the joe bonamassa uh cruise in in august which is going to be good fun um and and that's about it at the moment there's lots of things behind the scenes but we've kind of got to wait to see what happens, really, with the whole COVID situation. The problem is, is the regulations in every country is different and yeah. it keeps changing. So, you know, a European tour, you need to be able to go to several different countries to be able to make it work. Um, and if one of those countries decides to put implement like restrictions, then it can just jeopardise the whole tour and make it no longer financially viable. I can't see the faces I can't find the places That we used to go to That we used to love Wondering if you're out there Are you stuck in this nightmare Alone in darkness And climbing the walls
break, cause pain slip away.